Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. This is David Walker, and in today's podcast, we're going to talk about the future of one of Atlanta's brightest stars in any sport, and inarguably one of the greatest to ever put on a Falcons uniform. Of course, I'm talking about wide receiver Julio Jones. With the recent change in not just the coaching staff with the Falcons, but the front office with Thomas Dimitrov, uh, the GM that traded up infamously to grab Julio Jones in uh, 2011, uh, now gone. The front office of the Atlanta Falcons doesn't have the same loyalty to Julio Jones that you would have expected from uh, a Thomas Dimitrov-led front office. That said, Arthur Blank and, and many of the people in the building, they still love and respect what Julio has done for this franchise. But the reality is, with a new coaching staff and with a team with uh, cap issues, with a new GM coming in, there are going to be questions about players who are uh, at this point in their careers. Julio has had an amazing career. In uh, I think you could make the argument that he's had a Hall of Fame career, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But he is on the wrong side of 30 for a team that is looking to either retool or rebuild. So we're going to talk about what Julio's future may look like with the Falcons, uh, what his uh, 2020 season looked like compared to some of his previous years, and why there may still be some time left to see him in Atlanta, uh, although that clock is ticking. So let's start off with his, you know, some of the high-level uh, comparisons with Julio. Um, right now, he is uh, set to turn 32 in February of this year. Uh, which I know for some people, I say, oh, 32 is an old age for a receiver. And it, it sort of is in the NFL. You know, historically, guys, uh, you know, as we look at some additional players, compare him against, uh, he is butting up against the end of some of uh, these other guys' careers. Um, but obviously, Julio uh, is still you know, playing at a high level, uh, depending on uh, you know what you think of his 2020 season and obviously the injury situation with the hamstring that he uh, battled with all season long. But I want to compare him to some of the other great wide receivers of all time. Uh, guys like Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, of course, uh, one of the greatest ever, Jerry Rice. Uh, Calvin Johnson, obviously, he retired at the age of 30. And I, I think a strong case could be made that that had more to do with the Lions franchise than with Johnson himself. He was still playing at a high level. Now, granted, he was beginning to experience some nagging injuries and uh, was playing hurt, and maybe his productivity wasn't what it used to be early on in his career. Uh, but, but Calvin, even when he retired, was still one of the top receivers in the league. But he did retire at age 30. And, and at this point, I think that is the comparison most Falcons fan, fans are looking at 
And they're they're comparing him to Calvin because they had similar physical profiles. You know, they're both uh, tall receivers, both uh, incredibly gifted physically from a speed and uh, athleticism standpoint. I think the difference with Calvin was uh, throughout his career in uh, Detroit, there wasn't a lot of other weapons around him. So Matt Stafford leaned on him heavily uh, in his time there. And at least with Julio, Julio has played with uh, Roddy White, Tony Gonzalez in the first part of his career. Uh, obviously, there was a stretch there uh, for a few years where he didn't have any companions. Uh, but then, you know, 2016, Mohamed Sanu came in to take some pressure off in the Shanahan offense. And obviously, in recent years, Calvin Ridley has come on uh, and taken some of that off. And that makes a difference. Uh, you know, Calvin was often thrown to in double, triple coverage, even uh, and, and still amazingly made plays. But I think with Julio, uh, he has been able to uh, see a little bit more uh, one-on-one coverage because he has some uh, other options across the field from him that have been capable options. So that that has helped, I think, with his longevity. Uh, and, and especially, you know, in the back end of his career, as, as he's had Calvin Ridley these past several years to lean on and to, uh, you know, help take some of the, the pressure off of him. Uh, Randy Moss retired at the age of 35. I think some people forget that he actually played uh, that long. That said, if you look at his statistics, his, his last really good season, uh, last, last truly productive season was when he was age 32, uh, the age that Julio turns this year. Andre Johnson uh, with the Texans had a a really good career there. Uh, He also retired at the age of 35. And his last good season was his age 33 year. And I think that is something to keep in mind. Again, another good comparison. You know, Andre Johnson, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, they all sort of fit that same uh, profile, the big, tall receiver. Randy Moss as well, clearly. Um, Jerry Rice, obviously, is the outlier here. Um, He retired at age 42, and his last really productive season was age 41. Uh, That is not going to happen in today's NFL. Uh, Obviously, Jerry Rice was a special player. You do not see receivers play into their 40s anymore. It's not going to happen. I think at best in today's NFL, just because of the speed, the physicality, uh, the, the nature of the game being even more of a passing game than it was when uh, Jerry Rice uh, entered the league. Uh, I think receivers now, you're looking at you know, mid-30s, maybe late-30s, uh, if they you know, stay remarkably healthy, uh, is sort of going to be the peak for any receivers going forward, which is probably why Jerry Rice's all-time receiving yards record will never be broken. Uh, I just can't foresee anything like that. Any player in the near future coming near uh, his impressive record. Now, as for Julio and how he compares to these guys, you know, from a career standpoint, um, Julio is currently averaging 95.5 yards per game, which is the best all time. Um, and obviously, you know, Julio is in the modern era of the NFL, uh, which is far more pass heavy than you know guys like uh, Andre Johnson uh, and Jerry Rice. But, you know, uh, Calvin uh, Johnson, uh, he, he had an average of 86.1, which is second all time. And he essentially played uh, mostly in that same era. Uh, you could say he started maybe on the back end of the balanced era or the back end of the run first era. Um, but he, he certainly played into the past, you know, past heavy era. Uh, Randy Moss, 70.1 yards per game. 
Uh, Andre Johnson, 73.5. And Rice, and this is actually pretty impressive. Jerry Rice averaged 75.6 yards per game. And he definitely was in a a different era of football, uh, which again, just shows you how amazing his career was. Um, And, you know, where Julio's concerned, when we look at these guys, there's a, a, a recurring theme. Again, leave Jerry Rice out of the conversation here. Uh, there's a recurring theme here, which is mid-30s seems like the the hang-it-up point on average with you know Moss and uh, Andre Johnson both retiring at age 35. But really, it's you know somewhere around 32 or 33 where their productivity started to diminish. It started to really take a big hit. And that's where we are with Julio. And this is you know the concern. And I think People who look at his age and they look at the recent injuries and they look at you know his 2020 season being down statistically from what he's done uh, in prior years, uh, they look at that and they wonder, is he now hitting that same sort of uh, career wall that guys like Randy Moss hit, that guys like Andre Johnson hit? And I think it's a very valid argument and we have to consider that. Uh, so let's look at his 2020 season. Now, uh, I don't have to tell you, he obviously spent a lot of this season injured. Um, out of the 16 possible games he could have played, he only played in nine. And even at that, um, those uh, you know, there was a few of those games where he he may have played, but he only played a half, uh, or he only uh, you know contributed you know in a very minor way. Uh, but for the season, he had 771 uh, receiving yards. Uh, for a 15.1 average, which is actually right at his career um, average for yards per reception. His career average is 15.2. Um, if you look at you know his uh, throughout the years, his highest year was in 2016, uh, which shouldn't surprise anybody. It wouldn't was I'm sorry uh, before his rookie year. It's 17.0 in 2016, 17.8 in 2011 when he first came into the league, um, but. 2018, 2019, his his numbers dropped a little bit, 14.8, 14.1. It went back up this year, uh, back up to 15.1, uh, which is again very close to his overall average. So he was, you know, he was still picking up roughly the same number of yards per reception. Um, obviously, he, you know, in those nine games he played, uh, he got uh, 68 targets, 51 receptions off of that. Uh, he had just three touchdowns this year. Uh, compared to the six he had in the previous season and, and the eight he had in 2019. I, I think the big thing here is uh, this was one of his lowest um, in, in recent years uh, yards uh, per game average. He averaged 85.7 yards per game um, as compared to his career average of 95.5. 2019, it was at 92.9. 2018, it was 104.8. Uh, and of course, the two years with Shanahan were some of his highest ever, 116.9 in 2015 and 100.6 in 2016. Um, the, the last time he was below even 80 yards per game uh, was the 2011 and 2012 seasons, his first two years in league, which makes sense because he was still on a team with a, a very good Roddy White and uh, Harry Douglas, uh, and of course, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame tight end, Tony Gonzalez. So his 2020 season was definitely down compared to uh, you know, his career averages, uh, compared to you know, what he has done in recent years. And of course, the injuries, the, the hamstring injury, I think, is, is what is weighing on the minds of fans. But let me say this, when it comes to 
this sort of narrative that's coming around Julio Jones that you know he is an oft injured player and he doesn't uh, actually you know play in a lot of games per season. I think that has been grossly exaggerated. Here's the reality: he missed seven games in 2020 this past season. Uh, that is the most he has missed since uh, 2013 when he suffered the foot injury and he missed 11 games. But in reality, Julio has actually been a remarkably healthy player, especially when you consider his position, when you consider his physicality. Uh, here's the reality of his health over the years. Uh, he only missed one game in 2019. He missed two in 2016, the, the, the championship uh, season. He missed one game in 2014, which was the year after uh, recovering from the foot surgery. And he missed just three games in his rookie year of uh, 2011. In his 10 seasons in the league, he has played 13 or more games in eight out of those 10 seasons. Let me restate that. In his 10 seasons in the league, Julio Jones has played 13 or more games in eight out of his 10 seasons. So this idea that Julio is an injured player, that he is constantly injured, he misses a lot of games, it's just not backed up by the facts. So let's put that aside. Again, 2020, arguably, uh, inarguably, is one of his uh, worst years from an injury standpoint since that you know dreadful 2013 season. But before now, honestly, you know he played... 16 games in 2017. He played 16 games in 2018. He played 15 games in 2019. Uh, 2000, you know, 2015. He played 16 games. I mean, guys, this this whole idea that Julio is, you know, oh my God, he's, you know, I'm so tired of him being injured all the time. Uh, he's not. He doesn't miss a lot of games. Even if he plays games injured, I mean, he is still incredibly productive. Look at what he did in 2016 uh, in the NFC Championship game with turf toe. He absolutely devastated Green Bay. So it's not the, it's not even like when he's on the field playing injured that it has limited his productivity. Julio is an absolute freak when it comes to playing through some of these injuries. Now, obviously, the hamstring is a different issue. Uh, it certainly limited him in his productivity this season. Uh, and it bears watching going into 2021. Is that hamstring going to be something that's persistent or is it going to be a one-year aberration? And I, I think those are legitimate concerns. But this idea that he is an injured player is just not true. Now, the other thing to consider when it comes to Julio Jones' future with the team is obviously his contract situation. Um, the NFL's salary cap sometimes makes it impossible to move on from players, you know, depending on the, the contract structure that was given to him. And that might be the case with Julio. Uh, he signed his new contract September 7th, 2019. Uh, it was a three-year deal worth $66 million, almost all of it fully guaranteed. Uh, the last year of that deal is 2023, uh, when he'll be uh, age 34. Uh, his 2021 cap hit uh, this upcoming season is $23 million, which is obviously a lot of money. Um, if we cut him in 2021, the Falcons will actually lose $15.5 million against the salary cap. So cutting him will actually... Uh, cause them to have even more salary cap issues. It will not help them in 2021. 
Um, and it would also be $38.5 million of dead money on their 2021 cap. As you can tell, that is, it's not going to happen. There's no way, even if you think uh, Calvin Ridley is wide receiver one now and Julio Jones is the second receiver on the team, there's no way they can afford to cut him. Now, if they did a June 1st cut, their cap savings would be zero. Now, they wouldn't suffer any penalty, but their cap would essentially be the same. It would be $23 million of dead money in 2021 and an additional $15.5 million of dead money in 2022. Again, even with a June 1st cut, it doesn't make any sense to cut Julio Jones at this point. It's almost a given that he will be on the roster for the 2021 season. Now, 2022, his cap hit is going to be $19.2 million, so jumping ahead a year. If you cut him in 2022, the savings, about $3.76 million uh, and $15.5 million in dead money. If you do it as a June 1st cut, you could save $11.5 million of cap space, so that is substantial, uh, but you still have $7.75 million of dead money in 2022, and of course, an additional $7.75 million of dead money in 2023. So where it comes, when it comes to Julio's contract situation, the reality is there is zero benefit, none, and actually a huge penalty uh, to cut him in 2021. And when you've got a player like that, it, unless there is a substantial financial benefit, it just does not make sense for the Falcons to move on from Julio Jones in 2021. So I feel very, very confident in assuring you that Julio will be back at least one more season in Atlanta. After that, all bets are off. You know, that 2022 season becomes very interesting because they could do the June 1st cut, save, you know, a good bit of cap space. Uh, obviously, the the other thing that's looming here is Calvin Ridley is going to get paid at some point. Uh, and we're going to talk about, obviously, how he factors into discussion. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. We're talking about Julio Jones and his future with the Atlanta Falcons as he goes into the last few years of what has been inarguably a Hall of Fame career. And he is definitely one of the greatest players to ever wear the red and black for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, before the break, we talked about uh, his 2020 season, how he compared to some of these other great receivers of all time. 
Um, you know, the reality of his missed games and his contract status, the fact that he will definitely be here in 2021. But I want to talk about some of the other things that are factoring into this discussion. Um, the Falcons have actually been remarkably uh, lucky in their drafting of wide receivers over the years. If you look at, uh, you know, the fact that they moved from Roddy White, who was a, a very good wide receiver, to Julio Jones, which is a very good uh, transition from wide receiver one to wide receiver one. And now you've got them moving essentially from Julio Jones to Calvin Ridley, who in his third year in the league has shown that, you know, he's he's really, I think, ready to take on that role of being the the true number one receiver on the team. The Falcons have had incredible uh, in fortune in just finding some great receivers to continue to come in and keep the productivity going at that position. And it's even more important in today's NFL that is incredibly pass heavy. Um, and the Falcons in particular, who have uh, been unable to establish a running game since 2016. Now, Calvin Ridley turns 27 this season. And now, granted, that is December 20th, so he's going to be 26 for the majority of this season. Um, but if you use sort of the, the same barometer for Calvin that you do for Julio, he's probably got five, six seasons left in that range. Uh, he will be in the fourth year of his contract in 2021. Uh, more than likely, the Falcons will exercise the fifth-year option on him, which will keep him here uh, through his age 28 year. Uh, which means he's going to be essentially under contract, uh, Calvin will, in 2021 and 2022. Um, Julio's last year on the team currently is, is set to be 2023. That is also the year that Calvin Ridley will become a free agent. Now, unless something goes completely sideways with Calvin Ridley, I suspect that the Falcons will want to get him signed to a deal before they get to that 2023 season. And... Obviously, you know, the, the team can uh, offset the cap hits to where larger cap hits happen downstream for him if they get him to a four or five year deal. I imagine they're going to uh, try to get a four or five year deal, you know, not something like a three year deal. Um, but with Calvin, it's likely that, you know, we're going to have a year uh, or two, depending on when they get him that new contract. Again, 2022, he can play under that fifth year option. But a lot of times you try to get these guys secured so they don't have to play under that, so you can control the cap a little bit better. Because that uh, fifth-year option also essentially guarantees them money. And you know, clubs want to, uh, you know, they like the 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 safety net of having that fifth-year option. But in reality, it's in their best benefit to try to get something negotiated up front. Uh, because if there's one thing we've seen in the NFL, the longer you wait to get somebody under contract the more likely it is you're going to pay more than when you uh, get them signed earlier. So with Calvin, I suspect they're going to try to get something um, on paper for him in 2022, which means he'll have a new deal in 2022, which is the first season Julio Jones can get cut. Um, this is critical. Uh, you know, the Falcons are looking at Julio Jones with that 19.2 million cap hit in 2022. Uh, which is really the first reasonable season that they could move on from Julio. And they're looking at, uh, you know, giving a new deal to Calvin Ridley to secure him for the next, you know, four or five years. And honestly, they can keep that 2022 cap hit for Calvin relatively small. There's still going to be a bit of a cap hit in 2022 for Calvin Ridley's new deal. If it happens then. Um, and, and, Again, that overlap of those two years with him 
and Julio it is what makes the likelihood of uh, Julio playing out his full contract seem less and less likely. Now, this may be influenced by what the Falcons do in the draft this year. Um, if they decide to use one of their draft picks on a receiver, uh, especially if they use a draft pick in you know day one or day two, I, I know some of you are, are instantly triggered by the idea of them using another first round pick on the wide receiver. I also hope they do not do that. But if they use one in the second round or the third round, um, that could be a sign that they do not think Julio Jones will ride out his contract in Atlanta um, with 2022 being the, the really the earliest year they can move on from him. So Calvin Ridley and his emergence uh, in this past season has really created uh, a bit of a conundrum for the team, uh, for them and, and how they perceive uh, Julio Jones going forward. Now, obviously, his performance, Julio Jones' performance in 2021 will also be a huge factor. If he misses a lot of games due to injury, if his numbers begin to decline at a rapid pace. So, you know, it, we saw him at 85.7 yards per game, whereas his career average is 95.5. If that dips below 80, if it dips below 70, uh, you could see some concern within the Falcons organization that, you know, that that decline, that that wall that we talked about with guys like Randy Moss and Andre Johnson, if he's hitting that wall, that 2022 season becomes uh, incredibly uh, difficult to predict because do you want to give and commit 19.2 million of your salary cap in that season to at that point what would essentially be your second wide receiver on the team, a guy who will be 33 years old, um, I'm sorry, 32 years old, and uh, someone who you know if you cut him properly could save you almost 12 million uh, against your salary cap. Again, huge questions, and honestly, we're not going to have the answers. You know, we're we're projecting right now uh, on this podcast, but I think ultimately, uh, what's going to really be a factor for 2022 and 2023, the last year of uh, his deal, um, is going to be how he performs next year and what he is able to do uh, under Arthur Smith, uh, whether he can stay incredibly productive. Um, whether the injuries are behind him, uh, you know, if he can put in another 14, 15, 16 game season, uh, that's going to factor into the, the conversation. But I think looking at, you know, some of the guys that came before him, uh, Randy Moss, Andre Johnson, Calvin Johnson, it, it's, it is, it's not out of bounds to ask and wonder if, you know, Julio can keep this going. Uh, these guys play at such incredibly high levels with the physicality, the speed, uh, and, the body just can't keep up with that uh, for an extended period of time. And honestly, Julio has already had an absolutely stunning career. Uh, you know, th there's zero doubt about that. Uh, so with that said, uh, we did have a poll at thefalcoholic.com where we asked you guys what you thought would happen and what you want to happen. Uh, and many of you voted, and I truly appreciate this, uh, as for Julio's future, what you think will happen, 55% of you said Julio will retire as a Falcon. That's more than I thought it would be. 40% um, of you said Julio will be traded. And just a very small 5% of you think that Julio Jones will actually be cut. Um, now, as for what you want to happen, and this warms my heart, 73% um, of you want 
Julio Jones to retire as an Atlanta Falcon. And I am with you. I do not want to see him traded. I don't want to see him cut. Um, Only 25% of you want to see Julio Jones traded. And look, I get it. The idea is if you can trade him and get some value for him, uh, you know, whether it's a, a day two, second, third round pick, um, we're not getting a first round pick for him, folks. Just put that out of your mind. And I, I don't even know that the second round pick is reasonable. Um, but I understand the idea, you know, if he, if his performance is de- going to decline, if he's not going to be the guy, uh, you know, with the big cap hit, does it make sense to trade him? I, I can understand that. Uh, and just 2% of you uh, want Julio Jones to be cut. Uh, so I, I want to meet the 2% of you because uh, I-, I think there's a lot of Atlanta fans that w- would disagree pretty vehemently uh, with that idea. So some of you guys left comments uh, on this article at the site. As always, we we really do appreciate it. Um, we do read the comments. Uh, we don't often uh, you know, respond, but... I want to say on this podcast, we do read them. We do appreciate you guys staying active at thefalcoholic.com. So Mikey O2 said, uh, Julio is clearly one of the best players at his position of all time. That being said, I still don't agree with spending that much in draft capital and an annual cap space for one wide receiver. It is too much money and therefore will erode the compensation of the other 10 players on the field. In most cases, this means you lose instead of win. However, TD, meaning Thomas Dimitrov, did spend the draft picks, killing Mike Smith and his teams in the process, and he did sign a contract, making it pretty tough to drop Julio and pay the other 10 players before his retirement. The good news is that Julio has played his heart out and been even better than we could have ever expected. To many fans, that is even better than winning. As much as I praise Julio and enjoy watching the best of all time, I want our team to win, and that is going to be tough with the Julio situation. Um... Fantastic comment. And, and, you know, I I think there is uh, you can definitely make the case uh, for the idea that, you know, trading up all that draft capital had a detrimental effect to the Mike Smith years on the back end. You know, obviously, 2011, 2012 were good years. But you look at 2013, 2014, the team, the team depth was disastrous. And ultimately, you know, Mike Smith was fired. Uh, and I think some of that comes back to the fact that, you know, the Falcons gave up a ton of draft capital for Julio Jones. Now, me personally, I would have done it again. Um, that said, I think, you know, that is more an issue of Thomas Dimitrov uh, completely bombing in his draft picks in 2013, uh, 2012, 2013, and 2014 more than it was, uh, you know, the lack of draft draft capital. Good GMs, uh, you know, continue to bring in good players regardless of where they're drafting. But I do think there is a strong case to be made here that bringing in Julio, that trade, uh, did have a a negative impact on the franchise. Um, So I personally uh, would have done it again, but I am sympathetic to the idea that that impact uh, was felt for for several seasons. Uh, So, you know, a lot of you guys have expressed, um, you know, that you, you love what Julio has done with the team, but maybe... You know, he is at that age where we have to start thinking about the future of the team. And, and I think you guys are right. Uh, as Dirty Birds uh, 233 uh, posted on the site, uh, pre-June uh, 1st release, the 15.5 million cap hit, 38 million in dead cap. Uh, as he you know, recapped some of the numbers that I did here on the podcast, he finishes by saying, Julio doesn't have an out of his contract until after 2022. And even then, the Falcons will get hit with insane dead cap. 
Julio is going to be here until the end of his contract. Uh, the only quibble I have there is I do think, you know, post June 1st cut in 2022 could make um, that that doable. 7.7 million in dead cap uh, is not a, a huge amount. It's not great, but it's, it's you know, they've done worse. You know, Sam Baker uh, being one of the biggest uh, dead cap hits that the Falcons have ever taken on uh, on the team ever. So, uh, I love the sentiment you guys had on the, on the site. I, I think it's dead on. It's why we're talking about this. You know, Julio has been an absolute joy to watch in the Falcons uniform. He has been an incredible player. He has been one of the greatest ever to play for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and I think he will go into the Hall of Fame. I think he will be, uh, you know, considered one of those incredible game changing receivers in the same way that Calvin Johnson and Randy Moss were. Um, you look at his career average of 95.5 yards per game, even if he has a down year again in 20, uh, 2021 and 2022, he's probably still going to finish first in that category. That is just a, you know amazing. And you know you have to look at what he's done on the field, the, the games he's played. Again, I go back to that NFC Championship game against Green Bay in the 2016 season. And with freaking turf toe, he was un stoppable. And that just tells you everything you need to know about the kind of player that Julio Jones has been in his career with the Atlanta Falcons. So this is the kind of thing. It's not fun to talk about. These guys get older. You know, we wanted to see him win a championship with this team. I know every last one of us was devastated, heartbroken, especially with the game uh, that he had, uh, you know, obviously an NFC championship game and, and the Super Bowl. Um, it, they have arguably one season left to figure out uh, if they can do something with Julio. And honestly, I, I want to see him finish out his career with the Falcons and retire on his own timeline. If that means that he retires uh, after 2021, um, God bless him. If that means that you know he plays out through 2023, uh, as long as he can do it at a high level, I would love to see that happen. Uh, I'm just not sure it will. Unfortunately, you know, we're at the point where the age, the performance, and the money, something's going to break. And with a brand new coaching staff, a brand new front office, uh, I think the likelihood of him retiring a Falcon in his 2023 season is incredibly small. So guys, that is it for this recap. Let us know what you think. Do you think Julio Jones is done with the Falcons after 2021? Or do you think he actually bounces back and he shows that he is still one of the greatest uh, wide receivers playing right now, the active wide receivers? Uh, give us feedback at thefalcoholic.com. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. You can get updates on this podcast at FalcoholicPod. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll talk with you next time.